I suppose you've noticed the banners. I mentioned them last couple weeks. And next week we'll be um, inviting any married couple to renew their wedding vows if they're brave and they want to. I think it would be a beautiful gesture. And so tonight I wanted to emphasize a bit the importance of family. Um, put before this gospel, and this gospel tonight is a beautiful one, very famous, very much of an important gospel in the description of what is what we call the only thing that is necessary in life. But I wanted to walk you through a few points in it, and so I had them put it up there and so that you can actually meditate upon it as we're going forward. So we see that Jesus comes to a village, and a woman named Martha welcomes him into her house. And that first step, I think, is very important. All of these things are, of course, symbolic, but the fact that she welcomes him into her home is something that is absolutely essential. I think it's something that we can't lose sight of. This whole passage begins with this action, and so often in our faith, there is a separation between what happens at church and our daily life, our life at home. And that's the first point. She takes him into her home, and I want to ask, how do we do that? Do we take Christ into our home? Do we realize that the church is found first and foremost in the home? And that if concretely your house is not a sacred space, then something is deeply wrong with your faith. I repeat that because I think it's important the home, taking Jesus into our home, if the house is not a sacred space, something is deeply wrong with our faith. When we come into the home, is there something in the home that calls us to God? It could be an image. It could be a little bit of holy water. I don't know. Is the home a center of prayer? I remember that when my parents learned to pray the rosary every day, by the end, maybe a couple years in, our dog, a Labrador, learned that the moment that my parents sat to pray, the dog was to sit next to them, and the dog prayed with us. <laughs> it was very cute. It was very, very cute to have our little Labrador, his half Labrador, half Golden Retriever, and to pray with us every day. But even our dog learned that our house was a sacred space. <laughs> Which is a very cool thought. A very nice thought. And so Martha takes him into her home. And the next steps. She had a sister called Mary who sat down at the Lord's feet and listened to him speaking. And that's going to be an essential part 
Because if we read a little bit further, now Martha, who was distracted with, serving, with all the servings, said, Lord, do you not care that my sister is leaving me to do the serving all by myself? And at the time, that was very much culturally the role of Martha. It was for her to be serving and working from the kitchen. And Mary, Mary's noticing something different. Mary is, what, she's sitting at the feet of Christ? She's not helping with the things in the house? How could that be? How could it be that Mary would be over there sitting next to the Lord when, first of all, it's not her place. Secondly, uh, there is work to do. And Christ is going to cut straight through that. And he's going to say something very profound about discipleship, about being a disciple. Because this action of sitting at the feet of Christ is a characteristic act of a disciple, someone who is next to their teacher. And now Mary, who is a woman, is going to become disciple. And she's going to forge the way for so many great saints. And you could go down the lists. There are so many. I'm sure you're thinking of St. Blondine, right? She's a really obscure one. Or St. Teresa of Avila, Mother Teresa, St. Therese, St. Zelie, since I'm looking at her. So many of the saints are these holy women who became disciples, sitting at the feet of Christ. And so it goes a step further. Please tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, as he repeats it twice, as if he loves her very much. Martha, Martha, he said, you worry and fret about so many things. That's important to note. I think this is the plague of our modern society, but it seems like it was the plague of that society too. I think this is part of the plague of our society. It is rooted in something that we call ascetia, or laziness, sloth. It's this desire to go out and, I don't know, fill in gaps, fill in the hole in my soul by doing things and doing things and doing things, working, 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 working. When someone asks you, how are you doing? Either you say, fine, or you say, well, I've been pretty busy. There's about the two socially appropriate responses. Fine, because I don't want to avoid it. Or busy, because I want to seem like I'm contributing. Busy, 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 busy. How much of our life do we spend running around taking care of this and taking care of that and taking care of this? And how could the house or your home become a sacred space? How is it possible if I can't send, spend time sitting at the feet of Christ? And so there's a, a big jump that need, needs to be made. But Jesus, notice, he doesn't say that what Martha is doing is bad because she's doing many things, and these things are good. He doesn't say, all those things are evil. Don't do them. Hey, somebody has to clean the house. Somebody has to clean it. 
That's true. We can't just leave our houses to become styes. That's for sure. But nevertheless, he's going to put order in it. He's going to order our life to say there is only one thing necessary. Martha, Martha. I like it because it's saying, as we find in other passages, how much he loves Martha, too. He has a very deep relationship with Martha. This family is some of his best friends. He said, You worry and fret about so many things, and few are needed. Indeed, only one is needed. It is Mary who has chosen the better part, and it is not to be taken from her. It's absolutely essential. We have to grasp that. There's only one thing that is necessary, and that is love. There's only one thing that is necessary, and that is discipleship. There's only one thing that is necessary. It's the only thing that gives meaning to our life. And I hope that you can discover that. It's the only thing that can give meaning to our life is that encounter of love with the other. And ultimately, that is found only at the feet of Christ. And so he has these words that separate the active from the contemplative, the many things from the one thing. And how much of our life do we spend running around looking for the many, but we forget about the one? How many times in our marriage do we think we do all these things for our wife or our husband? but we're stuck in the many and we don't turn to them and love them and sit with them. I bring up the example often that I saw in my own experience in my family and that great move that happened in my family from my dad and my mom doing many things to them finally sitting and praying together in the home. And all of a sudden, it was about one thing. And there was calm and peace in the house. And there was a beginning once again of joy. And it was really weird because a few years after that, I actually saw them giving a kiss to each other. <laughs> you know? Where love began again. Where love began again in the home. And it's that one thing that once it's found again in the home, and in my experience is very concrete, that one thing that you find, that thing that we call love, that thing that we call discipleship, you know, once that's found again, all of a sudden, all those many things make sense. They become easy. Cleaning the house becomes easy again. How many times have you realized in your life that with one word of kindness of gentleness in the workplace or at home, you can work all week with joy. With one act of true goodness, all of a sudden you find the energy to go forward again. How many times have you had that experience? And if you haven't, I hope you do. Making the home a church meaning making the home holy, is not just facultative. It's not just something that, oh, those are, that's meant for the saints. 
making the home and the family a place of holiness is necessary. Or else we will never taste heaven a little bit on earth. It is in the family that we learn how to pray. It's in the family that we learn that there is one thing necessary. It is in the family that we enter into this relationship of discipleship, sitting at the feet of Christ. Whether you are a woman, whether you are a man, whether you are a Jew, whether you are Greek, whether you are free, whether you are a slave, you are called to the one thing necessary that gives joy to all the Marthas. It's being a Mary that we find joy in being a Martha. It's interesting because it's the one thing that gives joy to the many. So let us ask for that grace that in our homes we might fight for the one thing, for this discipleship, for sitting at the feet of Christ, that we might sit at the feet of our Lord means also that we might actively search to love my family. It's easy to love our family in our heart. It's hard to love them in action. And so let us pray for that grace and let us continue to get ready so that we might offer our hearts to one another, especially in the family, especially if you're husband and wife, in this great renewal that we're calling our parish to in the renewal of the family. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.